Well, as it turns out, Aussie GDP for Q2 wasn't so close after all, was it? But as we said yesterday, the recession word doesn't really matter in times like this, does it really? It's helped the Aussie dollar, though. It's risen further overnight. Aussie and Kiwi bond yields are rising sharply too. Well, look at what's driving that. US manufacturing looking good, but the ADP jobs numbers were softer than expected. So will non-farm payrolls reflect that? And will that be a reason for the Fed to taper later? And does that explain the move to tech stocks today? in the United States. It's Thursday, the 2nd of September, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, US stocks are back on the rise a bit, uh, up a third of 1% for the NASDAQ, a slight rise in the S&P 500. The Dow is actually down a little. All three are losing their mojo as the session progresses. But tech doing well. Banks are the losers. Well, Wells Fargo, for example, is down 4.8% this morning. European stocks climbed higher. The Euro stocks 50 is up three quarters of 1%. The FTSE 100 up 0.3%. The CAC 40 up 1.2%. A big rise in the Aussie dollar this morning, up 0.8% to 73.75%. US cents. The US dollar is down 0.2% on the DXY. Oil also down a little today, about 0.3% down for Brent and WTI after a very brief OPEC meeting where they agreed that they were going to push ahead uh, with their increases in supplies. Small movements in bonds, 10-year Treasury yields down one basis point. That's all at 1.3%, although there was a bit of intraday movement. Uh, But the Aussie and Kiwi bond yields up nine basis points for 10 years this morning. Uh, Gavin Friend is with me today and tomorrow. Double dose of Gavin from uh, NAB in London. So mixed messages on the markets, it seems. I mean, we're we're back to seeing equities rise a, a little bit. Uh, bonds uh, in the US not really doing anything. Oil is uh, oil is down because of uh, of that OPEC story. But look, it's it's payrolls, isn't it? Which is the, uh, the the crucial indication of where the Fed goes next. That's what the market's looking at. The ADP numbers uh, showed smaller growth in jobs than expected in August. 374,000 new jobs. No surprise, 200,000 of those were in leisure and hospitality. The surprise is that this was about half what was expected. So there has been a bit of movement on that. Yeah, morning, Phil. I think that's right. I think um, the day really has been set. Um, well, the week has been set by what we're going to get on Friday from the non-farm payroll. And on Wednesday, uh, it was all about um, various other US labour market indicators and what they may or may not mean for Friday's uh, non-farm payroll report. So as you say, private job creation, as depicted by the ADP, that was the first indicator out of the blocks uh, Wednesday uh, for US markets, 374,000 new jobs created. I mean, it's well below the 638,000 consensus. And remember, the way ADP is calculated is it, it, it adjusts each month to better reflect the previous month's non-farm payroll re- uh, um, outcome. And recall in, in July, non-farm payrolls were strong at 940, uh, 943,000, well above the July ADP of 326,000. So when you adjust ADP for that, it really shows there, there was hardly any job growth at all uh, in August, according to, to, to ADP. So I think it's that report that saw bond yields. I mean, you talk about not much movement. We had a bit of a drift lower interim halfway through the session. Bond yields fell a few basis points. The dollar came off a little bit. Equities or equity futures, I should say, at the time, quite liked it. Then almost two hours later, we had the ISM Institute's um, August manufacturing survey. The headline was actually pretty good, better than forecast at 59.9. Market was looking for uh, 58.5, a bit of a pullback, uh, up from 59.5 in July. 
expansion of US manufacturing activity at an even faster pace is obviously encouraging, especially given that we know we've had other manufacturing PMIs from around the world um, on Wednesday. And for most of those, um, you know, it has shown a repeat of the familiar pattern that we've seen expansion, but at a slower pace as supply constraints hit manufacturers' ability to meet their orders. So, you know, just broadening this out in Europe, we saw very, this was very much the case other than in Italy, the Netherlands, Spain and Greece, everywhere else, and particularly in Germany, output growth fell behind new orders by the largest margin in the survey's history. So it's not it's not showing um, you know weakness or deficient demand. It's it's just showing that manufacturers can't fulfill the orders because of these supply well, yeah, constraints. Because that was the case with the ISM, wasn't it? In the States, new orders were higher, uh, but the employment index is down, falling to forty nine, so into contraction territory. So I mean, is that part and parcel of the same thing? They're not taking people on because they're not getting the supplies they need. Well, I think so. I mean, you know, the, the headline was strong. New orders, production was strong. Prices paid, which is that thing that, you know, people are obviously very um, attendant to. Um, still elevated, but conti- but over the pattern in the last two or three months is, is prices are starting to ease off, as are supply deliveries and backlogs, backlog and orders. That's all very good and encouraging, but it's going to take time. The point you you make about an, about employment is right. Forty nine from fifty two point nine, so down into contractionary territory. It is the case that this particular employment component um, has been flip flopping between around fifty, the break even, for the last four months. You could say it's actually going nowhere, but the point is it isn't going up. It isn't doing what non farm payrolls have been doing over the last couple of months, uh, and alongside the the the, um, the ADP number. You know, it, it kind of pressured the dollar a little bit. It pressured bond yields. Um, that's how we're ending the day. Um, and stocks off of their best uh, gains, really. It's, it's really seen stock markets turn defensive, to your point earlier, looking, buying big tech while financial stocks and energy stocks have fallen. And that be- presumably that's because people think it is going to take longer. So th- does that mean that non-farm payrolls, I mean, we're not complete fortune tellers, uh, although we try our best, but does, does that mean for that very reason we've given they may not be a, a shining example as they were last time, simply because of the you know because of these supply constraints, and therefore people not taking people back on. I think there is a long enough history, Phil, in um, the lack of a link, the lack of a read through between ADP and non-farm payrolls for markets to say, well, we'll see what happens on Friday, because as we've just talked about, I mean, they can be they can be hopelessly apart from each other um, as they have been in the last couple of months so I think you know if you if, if you think Wednesday's ADP means anything for the non-farm payroll you may need to think again we'll have to see that data when it when it comes but of course whatever non-farm payrolls are on Friday markets are going to take that in the light of uh, what uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell said on Friday um, which is that um, you know as far as he's concerned and most other FOMC members the economy was making, you know, significant further progress that, that that would mean if it continued, the Fed would likely taper before the end of the year. So you get a strong report on Friday. The market's going to take it that way. Probably too soon to think that um, the 22nd of September FOMC uh, will be a shoe in for any announcement on tapering. Some people will go there, but uh, we're, we're more 
with the majority, I think, which is November or December. Which doesn't work, as I was saying the other day, it doesn't work with Septaper or Octaper. Uh, you know, there's no play on words there. Very disappointing for headline writers. Uh, look, the Aussie dollar uh, doing very well this morning. Uh, I mean, yesterday, anything to do with yesterday's GDP? Did that help out? We're not in recession necessarily yet uh, because Q2 grew by 0.7%. Here we were saying 0.1%. It shows that NAB can be right, so wrong sometimes, doesn't it? Very rare. Uh, this is way more than expected. Yeah, a 0.7 Q on Q in the three months of June. Um Slower than Q1's 1.9%. That was a revised number, but above the consensus 0.4 and our own and our own view of 0.1, as you say. Um, on an annual basis, growth rose, what, 9.6%, reflecting the weakness that we saw a year ago in Q2 2020 as COVID really, you know, really hit. That 9.6% annual number beat the previous 1967 record of 9% for what it's worth. And on a levels basis, growth is now... On this measure, you know, 1.6 percentage points above pre-pandemic levels. The detail of the uh, GDP report showed household spending at 1.1% um, Q1Q, driven by services consumption, um, and that added 0.6 percentage points to the 0.7 percentage point total, so almost the entire strength. Government spending rose 1.3, that added another 0.3 percentage points. Housing activity added another two. And inventories, which were thought to be from uh, data earlier in the week, uh, quite a drag on growth, actually only subtracted uh, 0.2 percentage points. The other negative drags on the uh, on the GDP number were exports. They fell, what, 3.2 percent in the quarter, um, you know, reflecting the slide we've seen in coal and some iron ore back then. And that subtracted a hefty 0.7 percentage points from GDP. Now, of course, all of this is uh, rear view mirror stuff. Um, everyone knows the current quarter Q3 will reflect the lockdown and, and we reckon that um, Q3 growth will be will be minus three percent or so we'll finesse that as, as as we go through the question as you say is now is to what extent growth will rebound in Q4 we know it can rebound fast um, but it really depends on you know how long the lockdowns last into that final quarter well the, the I think the NAB forecast now I mean you tell me if I'm wrong but I think it's one percent growth for this year 4.3% in 2022. So that, so the bounce back really is next year. You know, it'll start this year, but the obviously next year is where we're really going to feel it, obviously. Yeah, that's right. And I think for the RBA, you know, it's obviously going to take longer for wages and inflationary pressures to build. And, and that's why we, we, we're not looking for anything really on the, the policy move until 2024. Yeah, which is amazing, isn't it? When you look at what's happening in New Zealand, for example, uh, and, you know, and uh, you know, because we're expecting a rate hike there next month. And, you know, they're going to be in good company from smaller countries. So the Bank of Chile just has lifted rates, 75 basis points to 1.5%. The Bank of Korea uh, lifted 25 basis points last week to 0.75%. Iceland's done it twice this year in May and August. That, 50 basis points in total to 1.25%. And yet here we are, Australia on 0.1% and not expected to budge for two years or more. Well, and, uh, you know, I think in the pecking order, the the story at the moment is, of course, you know, New Zealand is is ready to go. But of course, we have the COVID, we have the Delta variant. We don't know what other variants are going to come along and derail this. In the US at the moment, you, you can see from, you know, numbers such as um, Tuesday's conference board consumer confidence numbers, Michigan survey last week, you know, Delta is, ha- along with inflationary pressures and other 
issues such as low wage settlements that is all in, that is all impacting a com- business and consumer confidence and so you know it's 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 and, and and you know we can't forget china in this you know there's no doubt that um china is dragging uh, asian growth a little bit lower so there's a, there's a there's a, again that's you know related to the delta uh, variants. Yeah, and that that while well, we're talking about China very briefly, that Keijing number for manufacturing sort of confirmed the official numbers, didn't it? Falling below fifty and uh, into contraction territory. Yeah, I mean the the the, the, the Keijing number is uh, more of a reflection of what's going on in the SME sector. But you're right, uh, forty nine and change, mm. um, showing that things are slowing down there. There's work to do, and uh, you know in, investors are cognizant of this. Well, we get more job numbers tonight, don't we? Well, we get the weekly initial jobless claims from the United States anyway. We also get uh, the trade balance for the US and for Australia for July, the Q2 terms of trade for New Zealand this morning, home loans numbers for Australia for July, obviously impacted by the lockdown. So no big numbers really, is there, uh, around today? Everyone's hanging out for the payrolls, I guess. I think that's right. Good. Look, when you give me one-word answers, I know that's time to go. Uh, we'll talk to you about it tomorrow morning. Yes, Thanks, sir. Gavin. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.